Right. And then there is a lot of people who don't know where they stand. Right. And so they don't want to admit that they're gay because they're afraid they're going to be rejected by their family, by mm -hmm. their church, whoever it is. And so, you know, it's been very muddy uh, in terms of the religious experience of a lot of people who who feel that they are gay or part of the, the the gay and lesbian community. Right. No, I definitely agree. That that was a very that was a really good descriptive word that you used, muddy. Um, because I mean there's there's there are no rules in how how to pursue a relationship, right? It's like you either have to choose. Well either I'm I'm gay or I'm Mormon or I'm gay or I'm Catholic. There is no both. Right? There and if there is both, there's a weird fine line of okay, will I be accepted in either community? What if they what, find it's the out. what if type what of if, stuff. Yeah. Right? I, yeah, yeah. But you you know, there's a difference and I think one of the things that people your age, that millennials are teaching us, is that there's a difference between religion and spirituality. Correct. Religion has to do with, the, the word is interesting, it, the word literally means to bind back. And so the, the whole purpose of religion is to bind you back to your spirituality. Mm -hmm. Hello everyone, welcome to Tic Tac Topher. We X and O our way through topics, millennial success stories, entrepreneurship, small businesses rescue, LGBTQ pride stories, and more. This is Tic Tac Topher. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tic Tac Topher. This is Christopher here. I am here with Father Dale with the Praise and Worship Center. Father Dale, how are you doing? I am pretty blessed and very happy to see you, Christopher, and uh, hope life is good for you and all those who are listening. So we're here today to uh, talk about some really interesting stuff, okay? Um, now, just to give a little bit of a disclaimer to all of our listeners out there, um, this is going to be a intense episode. We are going to be talking about some stuff that might make some of you guys uncomfortable, um, and um, I mean, it's just a part of it. So... Um, Really, the main question being why so many uh, people in the gay community, whether you represent on that graph of LGBTQ pride, um, lesbian, gay, queer, just in general, why they either dislike religion or don't have a relationship with God or end up becoming uh, an atheist, which is uh, essentially, I mean, what, what is an atheist? Well, the word theist is a, a Latin word which means godly. So atheist would be anti-God. Okay. All right. That should not be confused with agnostic, which is different than atheist. An atheist is somebody who would say there is no God. Mm -hmm. An agnostic would say, yeah, there's probably something bigger than me out there. I don't know who it is. I don't right. have knowledge. Because gnostic comes from, again, that actually comes from a Greek word that means knowledge. So I would say probably from my experience, most people in the community that you're speaking of would tend to be more agnostic. Mm -hmm. They haven't rejected God. 
but they feel like they don't have knowledge of God or relationship with God. Right. And I know with, um, I mean, growing up in a very religious family, I grew mm-hmm. up Roman Catholic. I went to Christ the King here in um in I think it's Mesa Mesa yeah downtown Mesa um, if I remember correctly uh, but my gosh it's already been so long um, I mean I just I was going through my day-to-day routine and through grade school you just kind of become used to it like just going to mass every single week you're just like this is just a routine that I'm used to I didn't really understand that public public school was even a thing until junior high or high school, I was like, oh, well, okay, this is how everybody else learns, quote unquote, right? right? So, um, and even now, my relationship with God is uh, very strong. I'm, um, when my dad passed two and a half weeks, three and a half weeks before the pandemic started, um, it kind of sparked that journey for me from spirituality back into my relationship with God. Um, and that's not the norm uh, here or due to the fact that I am gay um, and I am still attracted to men. And sometimes being in this community, I've been in multiple conversations to where it's you find yourself in uncomfortable situations. Sure. Right. Yeah, well, you know, Christopher, you, if, if I could get personal yeah. with you, you had a very special experience with your family, mm-hmm. and I was blessed to be with you when your dad passed. There was such a sense of the presence of God mm-hmm. and such a sense that he was not just ending life, but that he was going to a new life. We all just felt that as right. we were gathered around the bed. And so I think it was a deeply spiritual experience mm-hmm. for you that reminded you that God is very, very real. Right. But I think the struggle that you're describing is that a lot of people who are in the gay community um, really have difficulty with organized religion. Because what they have felt from organized religion is a lot of judgment and a lot of rejection. I agree. And that's where it lies. Right. And then there is a lot of people who don't know where they stand. Right. And so they don't want to admit that they're gay because they're afraid they're going to be rejected by their family, by Mm -hmm. their church, whoever it is. And so, you know, it's been very muddy uh, in terms of the religious experience of a lot of people who, who feel that they are gay or part of the, the, the gay and lesbian community. Right. No, I definitely agree. That, that, was, a very, that was a really good descriptive word that you used, muddy, um, because, I mean, there's, there's, there are no rules in how, how to pursue a relationship, right? It's like you either have to choose. Well, either I'm... I'm gay, or I'm Mormon, or I'm gay, or I'm Catholic. There is no both, right? There, and if there is both, there's a weird fine line of, okay, will I be accepted in either community? What if? They what, find it's the out. what if type what of if, stuff, yeah, right? I, yeah, yeah. But, you, you know, there's a difference, and I think one of the things that people your age, that millennials, are teaching us 
is that there's a difference between religion and spirituality. Correct. Religion has to do with, the, the word is interesting, it, the word literally means to bind back. And so the, the whole purpose of religion is to bind you back to your spirituality, mm-hmm. to f- have a practical way of living out your spirituality. Mm. But what's happened is that religion has just become binding Right. Not binding back. It's just become binding to so many people. So there's a lot of rules and things that people feel like you got to follow. Um, but I think younger people are challenging the churches, all of the churches, with saying, hey, I'm a spiritual person. I'm just not a religious person. Mm. I want a relationship with God. I don't want to be bound by a bunch of rules that human beings make. And I have to relate to that statement as well, because, I mean, being somebody who enjoys Sunday as kind of like that recoup time before I start my work week, I mean, it's hard to develop that time towards like, I'm going to go every single Sunday to mass, because it's also, I mean, for people who are also going to a church that doesn't accept them. They're stepping into a community that makes them feel uncomfortable. And for them to do that, like every single Sunday is hard as well. So, I mean, it's, I definitely kind of get where you're coming from, but, um, well, and for, you know, the intention of going to church every Sunday is supposed to be life giving, mm-hmm. not life taking. Like so that. it's not just an obligation. We should be at the point where we go, I don't want to miss Right. Because there's going to be truth there. There's going to be an encounter with God there. Mm. I want to be there. But what's happened is it's become more of an obligation. And like you said, a lot of times becomes a very draining experience because you're sitting on the outskirts saying, if they really knew who I was, they wouldn't accept me. Right. Absolutely. Well, kind of diving into our first O, um, since we're out, we are playing a, a hypothetical game of uh, tic-tac-toe together, uh, this one being more of a um, kind of studying religion and, and bringing the LGBTQ community into this conversation. Uh, what advice would you give to somebody wanting to come out or who is in it, that community that... I mean, this might be a bad example, but who is in that community of um, maybe the Mormon community or something like that? Well, I think from my experience, and, and I've been in ministry for well over 40 years, and so I've walked this journey lots and lots of times with people. And from my experience, the biggest thing about people coming out is really more coming to grips inside. It really has to do more about you and coming to the point that you accept who you are and that you have developed a relationship with God to know that you are accepted. Um, And once you know that you're accepted by God, then coming out becomes a lot easier. So I think there's a lot of prep work that you have to do before you come out. Most of it's inside. Mm -hmm. Some of it certainly is on the outside. And you kind of have to look at it almost like a relationship, right? Starting inside, building yourself up, and making yourself 
kind of realize that, hey, this is a journey that I have to kind of focus on if I want it to be a thing. Because a lot of people are told, I mean, take, take, take this example. A lot of people are told from such a long age or young age, excuse me, in organized religion that this is a thing, right? Christ walked and then he died for our sins. And then they're also told that, I mean, in specific other religions, they're told that, hey, these are some other things that if you love a male, this isn't, this is unacceptable, right? I mean, how, and then all of a sudden they come out and they're looked at as different. So they kind of put two and two together and they're like, wow, they kind of make that opinion in their head that I'm never going to be accepted in this community. How am I going to, I mean, I want to stay in the community, but I'm also looked at as such a foreign, I'm looked at as an outsider almost. And a lot of other religions are, I mean, they do still do that. They look at, at, um, that specific individual as an outsider. Right. So, Right. Well, again, if I could be so bold as to say, you know, when somebody comes to grips with their sexuality Mm -hmm. and they do the interior work, um, I think um, what they have to understand is people are not necessarily going to understand them. Mm -hmm. You're, You're not searching for understanding especially in a religious community. What you're searching for is love and acceptance. Right. So somebody who has never been gay, has never had a gay experience, has never even thought of it because they thought it was very sinful and offensive to God, when somebody says to them, I'm gay, they don't understand it. Um, And we can't expect them to. Right. But that's not the issue. We're not asking for somebody's understanding. We're asking for somebody's love, Mm -hmm. which is always unconditional. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no such thing as conditional love. If you have conditional love, it's not love. Correct. It's something else. The only type of love there is is unconditional love. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, 20 years ago, if you were straight and you went to your mom and dad and said, I was, I'm moving in with my girlfriend, they would have not understood it. Right. Today, it's, you know, everybody expects it, accepts it. I suspect 20, 30 years from now, that's what will happen in the gay community. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, as a, as a gay person, as a lesbian person, don't be seeking understanding. Be seeking unconditional love. Because that's what God gives. And for people who are going to love you and cherish you, that's what they're going to give. I love that. And I love the what you brought um, to the conversation of love not being with conditions. Because love doesn't exist if you have conditions on it. Right? And I mean, there are so many people out there who, when their child comes out, they don't know how to take it because they're almost like, it's like, oh my God, what did I do internally to make my child gay? Mm -hmm. When really that's not even the conversation. It's, this is a part of their love language and they're discovering who they are. So you as a parent need to step back and say, what can I do to help them on this journey? 
because loving your child with conditions will only damage that journey. 100%. One of the things that's special about our community here at Praise and Worship is that there's a home for gay, lesbian, and transgendered young people. Because once they get into the legal system or the foster system, they can't go into into a group home with a bunch of other people. They very often get bullied. Mm -hmm. And so there's a, a, a woman in our community who's opened up this group home. That's amazing. And the, the kids come here for church. And you'd be very surprised at the reception they get which is very, very loving. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the older people have no clue why these kids are going through this, why this boy is wearing a dress, you know, or any of those kind of things. But they've been able to put all that aside and say, we're really glad you're here That's cool. to pray with us. No, and, that makes me want to cry. Yeah. That's cool. And uh, they do. It's called Mulligan's Manor. Okay. That's and good. yeah, and uh, if you're ever looking for a good thing to support Mulligan's Manor, they do a fantastic job. Yeah. And a lot of these kids are very troubled. A lot of them have been rejected by their families or the system. Yeah. And so to receive the acceptance of God and a pastor and a religious community mm-hmm. is life changing. Oh no! I, I mean, without a doubt. I mean, when I was. Um, I mean, it took me, even with an accepting family, um, I mean, my, my family was almost so accepting that it kind of made me a little bit uncomfortable. I was like, wait, what do you mean? Like, I was like, okay, cool. But I mean, even with that, it took me two and a half years to really feel comfortable in my skin, to really understand the term that I'm gay is okay. Right? That, okay, cool. This is only a part of who I am, not who I am. One hundred percent. Yeah. You have a, a soul. You were created in the image and likeness of God. Mm-hmm. And with any choices that any of us make, we all have to be responsible to God. But we let God make those judgments. We let God do the judging. Mm-hmm. That's not the job of a family. That's not the job of a church. Our job is to love unconditionally. Yeah. And that unconditional love, I think, as you found in your family, becomes healing. It does. Yeah. Because at that point, you become more of a community, right? And it's for either chosen family, if you have a chosen family, or blood family, um, they're they're everywhere. And um, it sounds like the Mongolian Manor is a uh, chosen family for multiple kids, and it makes me happy. Right, yeah, Mulligans. Mulligans. And it, 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 the name comes from golfing when you... Uh, you give somebody a mulligan, it means you give somebody a second chance. Oh, how So neat. if you hit the ball out of bounds, the other person says, I'm going to give you a mulligan, try right. again. And so these kids are getting a second shot, getting a second chance. I like that. Yeah. I really like that. Now, uh, Father, here at um, Praise and Worship Center, you guys are non-denominational, correct? Well, we really like to call ourselves multi-denominational. I like that. Because we have a lot of people who followed me over from the Catholic Church. Okay. We have a lot of people who come from other denominations. And we just affirm all of those. If somebody wants to come and 
on their way to church pray the rosary like a, the good old Catholics did? Terrific. If somebody comes from a Bible background and don't get into the stuff that's in the Catholic Church, great. It's, it's just wonderful to see people of different faith backgrounds sitting together, praying together, praising the same God. Mm-hmm. So when you say non-denominational, um, it makes people feel like they have to maybe reject their denomination if they were Lutheran or Catholic or okay. Mormon. But when we say multi-denominational, we say, hey, just come. Right. Just come and pray with us. Be part of our community if you want to do that. And if you have um, traditions or things that you want to bring with you, terrific. We want to welcome those things. Hmm. How did the pa- uh, pandemic um, affect you guys? Well, we were incredibly blessed um, in that most churches dropped in terms of funding by 30 to 40 percent. Oh, wow. One in five churches, they say, will close because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And during the time that we were closed, our collections actually went up, which was an incredible gift that people wanted to make sure that the church was going to be here when we came through it. Right. Now, having said that, it affected every other piece. I mean, we were closed for several months, Mm -hmm. not having people here. We gained a good following on Facebook, which was a gift. But it's not the same as praying together. Yeah, you don't get that experience. It's kind of like watching a Disneyland ride on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So somebody else is going up and down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, we're on the other side of that pretty much. Uh-huh. Although I would say that there's probably still, you know, the way I see it, there's about a third, a third, and a third. There's about a third of the people who are just like, I'm over this. And there's a third of the people who are still cautious. And a third of the people who are just still living in fear mm-hmm. and aren't going out and want to keep wearing masks and all that. So the first third came back. The second third is coming back. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and at some point we have to start working on that other third that's still kind of fearful. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's a powerful thing, right? And I remember uh, after, it was really hard for me um, watching my dad pass and then a pandemic which attacked the lungs because, I mean, I was watching him take his last breath then he took his last breath and then he went. And... That for me, and then having a disease that just came in right after that, that attacked the entire world, I was like, whoa, okay, hold on, this is way too much. And the the thing that really got me through it was realizing that life is very short and that, I mean, we all expect to go to bed every night and then we just wake up in the morning because it's just, I mean, it's just something we do, right? We take advantage of it. But sometimes some people don't. They don't. Yeah. And that's a part of life. And that's a part of life. Um, And that's what I was like, oh, wow, this is kind of intense. Um, I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, I had a friend up in Colorado. We were friends for 
10 years, he got into a car accident and passed. Hmm. I was like, life is fragile. And it's, you have to be able to live in the moment. And yes, we are still in the midst of a pandemic, but how is that going to affect you? You could either choose to live in fear or you can literally choose what you can do in that moment. Mm-hmm. Well, scripture says perfect love casts out fear. Mm. And so when we know God's perfect love, mm-hmm. um, and the same is true not to relate the pandemic to like coming out, right. but perfect love casts out fear. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you know you're perfectly loved and accepted for who you are, it, it begins to get rid of those fears. And even... You know, I mean, I buried people who died of COVID. Um, It it was very real. Um, You know, for me, as I've been a pastor over 40 years, you know, not being able to go visit somebody who was dying and anoint somebody, they wouldn't even let us in the hospitals. It was was crazy. Um, It was was difficult, and it was very difficult for people. Yeah. But we learned a lot. It'll always be. I mean, it's. I think it's just something kind of like... We just have to come to terms with it, type of thing. But um, I think you've you've prepared a, a passage for us um, or message um, from the Bible. Yeah, that's awesome. I know that you guys are. This is when I was kind of going through this podcast, and I, I sat down and I was like, "What do I want this podcast to be about?" My fear, kind of. My, played mind games on me, right? I was like, oh, I don't want it to be too religious or I don't want people to thinking, like like reading or listening to this, like be turned off by it because, um, oh, well, it's the Bible. But I mean, people who are listening, open your ears because the Praise and Worship Center is an amazing community. You guys are unlike anything I've ever seen. Um, and it's kind of opened my eyes to opening up that door again to religion and spirituality and God in general. Because, I mean, your guys is what reopening after the pandemic had confetti in it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, what other church does that? That's really yeah. cool. But um, take it away, Father Dale, and then we will go ahead and um, have any other questions at the end. Yeah, well, you know, um, Christopher, one of the things that I would tell you is probably the most influential uh, person that I have ever met was Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Mm. And I was so blessed to spend maybe 10 different times with her and to see the love that that woman had. And every time I was with Mother Teresa, I was moved to tears. Mm-hmm. And only because the love that she felt was so strong. Mm-hmm. Um, you could see it, you could taste it, you could feel it. Mm-hmm. And it, it just opened my eyes to what, what true love is, is, is really about. And um, so that, that would be my hope that I could become that for other people mm-hmm. and that this church could be that for other people, that people aren't turned off because you're quoting the scripture, but they would see that there are people who truly live this Mm. and bring it to life. And um, so one of my very favorite scripture quotes is from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 10. It's very short. It's where Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. 
And I love that because what it tells me is religion is not about restricting life. It's not about just putting rules on people or that kind of stuff. It is about learning to live life more fully. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, the journey of my whole life has been one thing. I want to learn how to love. When I hit my deathbed, I want to look back and say, I know what it means to love so that when I go to eternal life, I'll recognize the face of love in Jesus, in God the Father. And I love this scripture passage because it tells me that God wants me to abundantly live life. He wants me to laugh. He wants me to enjoy. He wants me to see things. He, he doesn't want me to live my life depressed. He wants me to take some risks and do some things that, you know, that maybe I wouldn't have the courage to do otherwise, but that I want to live life in abundance. And in doing so, I think I'll find out how to love. Mm. If I keep my eyes open and embrace people who maybe I wouldn't normally have embraced, God will give me that abundance of life. And that's what I think Jesus wants for us. I think that's what Jesus has promised us. Um, and I, I find that exciting. I like that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, now, where can our listeners uh, connect with you online? You mentioned you guys have a Facebook. We have, we're on Facebook. We, are, um, on, we have a, a really good website that has lots of different reflections and information on it. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. And it's, a, it's at pwcaz, for Arizona, dot net. Okay. And, um, you know, or I do have a... They can contact me at D, F, like in Frank, U, S, like in Sam, H, E, K, at pwcaz.net okay. if uh, they wanted to do that. But I, I really want to bless what you're doing, um, not only because I know you and love you, but I know that your intentions are to just help other people to become who God wants them to be. Mm -hmm. And I really want to ask God to bless that. Oh, well, thank you, Father. That's definitely, sure. um, I think this is something when I was, I've always wanted to do a podcast, right? And I just didn't know the vehicle or how I was going to do it because I wanted to help people. I wanted to create a space that was non-judgment whatsoever so that people can listen, people can heal, people can gather their own information and take whatever they want away from it. Right, because here in this space at Tic Tac Toe, for we don't judge, we just play Tic Tac Toe. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. It's a bit, bit cheesy, but um, yeah. Thank you guys for listening, and um, we look forward to the next episode. We'll talk to you soon. Welcome to Tic Tac Toe.